Welcome to the Adoption and Foster Care Journey, a podcast to encourage, educate, and equip you to care for children and youth through adoption, foster, and kinship care. Hosted by an adoptive mom with over 22 years of kinship and adoptive parenting experience, she's on this journey with you. Please welcome Sandra Flack. A friend loves at all times, and a brother or sister is born for adversity. That is Proverbs 1717. Welcome to the Adoption and Foster Care Journey podcast. I'm your host, Sandra Flack. And as you may have noticed, if you have been watching these YouTube videos, we have just started to play around with putting our weekly podcast episodes up and using the video here on YouTube. And I know, although I have an amazing, amazing producer, so big shout out to Ken Burns. Um, this is like a work in progress as far, I'm a work in progress because my background is terrible, but we're going to be fixing that. I'll be making it all pretty soon, messing around with my microphone and one of my kids is vacuuming upstairs and I'm thinking that maybe you can hear that. I don't know if, if that can get worked out, but we're just keeping it real. I just want you to know we're keeping it real. Um, and speaking of keeping it real as a parent of two teenagers with FASD, um, you know, I put it all out there. So with their permission, of course, but we focus on FASD, especially through the month of September. FASD stands for fetal alcohol spectrum disorders and FASD affects a huge proportion of children in the foster care system, adoptive placements, kinship placements. So it's so important that if you're an adoptive foster or kinship caregiver that you know about and understand FASD as a brain-based lifelong physical condition that can affect the brain and body of people who were prenatally exposed to alcohol. So I talk about it a lot on this show, even though we don't dedicate the entire uh, podcast to FASD specifically, but to all of the topics that affect um, adoptive and foster families. But because I'm a mom of a kiddo with FASD, and the more I've learned, the more I know that every parent needs to know this stuff. They just don't know because most of the time it's not diagnosed or it's misdiagnosed. Um, and we have no idea. We think that the behaviors, we want to fix these behaviors that we see in our kiddos, right? And it's an invisible disability because you can't tell someone has it by looking at them, but there are behavioral symptoms. So it's so important that we know about that. Uh, September is National FASD Awareness Month. So we're devoting all of our September episodes specifically to FASD. I do it a lot throughout the year as well, but specifically um, throughout the month of September. And I'm so excited because I have not one, but two amazing guests with me today. Some of my favorite people will be doing, we're doing a roundtable discussion of uh, uh, two other FASD moms and, and myself. So um, I want you to uh, stay tuned for that. Hang in there. But I do have some important announcements to share with you first. So check this out. Natalie Vecchione of the FASD Hope podcast and Sandra Flack of the Adoption and Foster Care Journey podcast would like to invite you to join their hope for the FASD journey. 
a virtual support community for parents and caregivers raising individuals with an FASD, diagnosed or not. This faith-based community includes an online bi-monthly support group, a monthly VIP conversation, and a private Facebook group which includes a video devotional from Natalie and Sandra every Saturday. To register, visit justicefororphansny.org forward slash training forward slash F-A-S-D. Also, uh, we have some great online workshops coming up. If you want to learn a little bit more about FASD, or maybe you know quite a bit about it, but you feel like your spouse or your kiddos, grandparents or adult siblings or youth group leader or whoever, whoever is interacting with your kids, if you think that they should know a little bit more about FASD, we have a great online one hour intro to FASD that is coming up on Wednesday, September 27th at 7 p.m. Eastern time, uh, right around the corner. But if you would like to go deeper, if you would like to take a deep dive into the weeds of FASD, if you're a parent, a caregiver, a professional, you will want to check out my 18-hour deep dive. So it's 18 hours, but it's it's broken up over six consecutive Wednesday nights, three hours each online, um, beginning on October 11th at 7 p.m. Eastern time to register for either one of these workshops or to check out other workshops that we have available online. Um, you can go to our website, justicefororphansny.org, click on training or click on registration and you can you can um, access that information and sign up for either one of those or both, whatever you want to do there. Um, we do offer certificates of completion. We'll email you after you've attended a workshop. Um, and if you are a social worker licensed in New York State, we offer CEUs. So you'll be able to check that out too. So um, I hope you'll check out the training that we have available. Also, please be sure to subscribe, follow our podcast, our YouTube channel, so that you will not miss out on any of the amazing content that we offer for adoptive and foster families. So important. We want to make sure all parents and caregivers have access to that. So we want you to do that. So now to our guests. I am so excited. Um, joining me today, my soul sister and host of the FASD Hope podcast. She's an adoptive mom. She's an FASD resource extraordinaire. Like, like if you need to know about it, she got she knows where to find it. Um, amazing. And she co-leads the Hope for the FASD Journey support group with me, um, the amazing Natalie Vecchione. And um, also expert FASD trainer. She's a facilitator of the facets neurobehavioral model, um, like myself, um, an adoptive mom. She's a member of our hope for the FASD journey support community, but she's an invaluable member. She just contributes so, so much to our group. She's a support group leader, the incredible Debbie Raymond. Hey ladies, I'm so excited to have you with us today. Thanks for having us. Yes, thanks for having me as well. Lovely I'm thrilled. Yeah, I'm thrilled. Um, I know Natalie is not, you don't have your camera on. There's a reason for that. So we're going to honor that. Um, and Deb, you're, you're here with us with your camera. And we're all from different places around the country. And even though we all are so well connected and, and we chat with each other all the time, 
Um, I thought it would be great insight for our listeners and viewers to know um, Deb is in Washington State and Natalie is in North Carolina and I'm in upstate New York. So um, it's September. So we're stepping into the fall season. So how about we start with a little icebreaker? What is your favorite part of fall in your part of the country? Deb? In my part of the country, my favorite part of the fall season is uh, cooler mornings. We have an extremely hot summer and I love it when it gets a little chillier in the morning. Um, you know, I can grab a cup of tea. I'm not a, really a coffee drinker and and sit outside with a, you know, warm, snuggly something on around me and, and, and just look at the yard and, you know, do my devotional time and spend time with the Lord and, and just you know, have that private time before, you know, I, my son wakes up and we start our day. Yeah. Do the leaves change in Washington state like they do in New York? Yes. Yeah. yeah. I've already seen one that's getting that way on our walk a few days ago with the dog. So yeah. Us yeah, two here in New York. Yeah. yeah. Natalie, what about you? What's your favorite part of fall? Well, I miss Hudson Valley. I'm a Hudson Valley girl. I lived there uh, until I was 11. And then we had moved back for a few years. Um, gosh, it was like 11 years ago. So um, here in North Carolina, we're on the eastern part of North Carolina and fall starts really late. Like we'll start getting our leaves changing over here on our side of the state, like in November. Um, so my favorite part of fall down here, I'm going to call it, it's fall, y'all season and everybody just you know even though it's like 90 degrees out and we're preparing for a hurricane people still have that fall it's fall y'all you know the, the they're looking forward to um football games are looking forward to pumpkin everything um so i think living here that that would be my favorite part is people that that hospitality becomes it's fall y'all and uh mm. yeah so um but here on our property too, our blueberry bushes, they turn this beautiful, like fiery shade of red in November um, before the leaves fall off. So that's like a little, I think it's like a little gift, you know, from God reminding me that, okay, you're in farm country, but we can still make the leaves change. So mm, it's fall, y'all. Yeah. Well, up here in upstate New York, um, it's, we are starting to see some, well, farther up when I'm up at our camp in the Adirondacks, leaves are already changing and it's the end of August, actually, when we're recording this. Um, and then, um, here in, in, uh, the, the, the capital region area, um, the leaves aren't turning yet, but we are, it's starting that transition of it's starting. It's not as hot. Um, you know, it's some days can feel still summery, but then the evenings cool down and, you know, just the, the end of, end of the summer foliage and flowers and Queen Anne's lace and all black eyed Susans, all of those are out and the ragweed. <laughs> and, um, but yeah, the, the, I would have to say the crispness in the air and, and the, and the, the changing of the leaves are, are some of my favorite parts of, of fall. So, so yeah, thank you for sharing that. That's, that's super fun. Um, we talk to each other all the time, obviously. Um, we text and we Facebook and we, we are in the support group together and email and, and feel really super connected. But um, for our listeners who really maybe don't know the three of us that well, um, let's let's kind of introduce them to, because we're all at different seasons in our parenting. 
and as adoptive and foster parents, and we adopt kids at different ages and different stages, and we're different ages, right? Um, give us a glimpse into what season of parenthood you are in. So, Natalie, you want to start with that one? Uh, sure. Um, my our son is twenty-one, and our daughter is eight. So, I, I jokingly say that we're parenting two onlys. Um, our our son does not live. Um, at home with us. And I would say on our FASD journey, we're, we're in the season of waiting. Um, we're waiting upon a lot of things. Um, and I, I, that'll be one of my teachable moments is to tell everybody, don't wait until, <laughs> don't wait like we did. <clears throat> um, it's, it's really, and that's something the three of us have in common. It's really difficult when you're, um, your teen becomes a young adult and your young adult becomes older because there, there are so many more um, cogs in, in the system, wheels in the system that we have to think about and navigate. So I guess I would say that I am praying in the hallway. You know, there's that, that I think it's an um, expression or a meme, or I see it all the time on social media. You know, if, if God hasn't opened a door, praise him in the hallway. I'm, I'm, praising him in the hallway right now. And um, one of the many reasons I'm so thankful for our group is, is that we have uh, so many moms and parents and this wonderful fellowship who pray for us and pray with us. So I'm in a season of waiting. Um, I guess that would be the best way to describe our season right now. When it comes to our son, when it comes to our daughter, we're in a season of explosion. <laughs> like she's just, she's, um, she does not have an FASD, but she, she does have a neurodiversity and, uh, um, she really had a big boom growth in, um, in some areas, uh, she has dyslexia and, and in some areas of her development, she really had a big boom when it came to learning and reading this year. So, um, yeah, it's, it's actually with both of them. Our son, we're in a waiting season, kind of like stalled, I guess. And with her, it's like super growth, like miracle grow was put, you know, <laughs> put in put in our homeschool year. So. Uh, and she's an amazing artist, I have to say. Um, I've been the recipient of some Gigi artwork. So she's got love. some more pictures coming for you, Aunt Sandra. She Yay! just told me today, I've got some more pictures to send to Aunt Sandra. Oh, I can't wait. I can't wait. Love it. Love it. Yeah, what about you, Deb? Gigi's artwork too. Yeah. <laughs> what season are you in? Um, do you want me to talk about both my kids? Um, what the neurotypical sure. one or just um well, my I have two children, adopted them both. Um, I have a daughter who's 25, they'll be 26 in a week and a half or something like that, and a son that's 22 and he's on the fetal alcohol spectrum. Um it's been a real transitional time for both of my kids. Um, my daughter graduated college a few years ago. She lives in Seattle. Um, you know, that young adulting and I'm a single mom. So, you know, they both turn to me for guidance and just, um, everything. And, and I have to distinguish when I talk to both of them, like, you know, and why it's a little more hands-on because of his neurodiversity, but you know, what hat am I wearing today? And and I make a conscious effort of asking that question when I talk, especially to my daughter, you know, am I your mom today? Am I a woman you're, you know, venting to, am I, what would you like me to be? But, um, it's been a good season though, you know, because, um, 
I, when both my kids graduated, my son graduated, uh, you know, as we know, in the US, there are very little services for our kids when they when they make that shift out of school, and they're no longer in education and, and any services there. So I had to also make a big life change for me and figure out how I was going to make a living. And, um, you know, be his job coach, be his caregiver, be all of those things. Um, and it's been a good one. Um, you know, um, you know, the Lord has, you know, provided for writing and outlets for me and, and, and I do receive compensation for being his caregiver, although not enough to live on. Um, and, um, so we're definitely in a transitional one, but it's, but it's been good. You know, God's been there every step of the way and, and guided us and, and, and it's actually been really exciting, you know, um, to take this journey. So I'm, I'm always hopeful and, um, you know, and, and love the journey despite, you know, the peaks and valleys of it, you know, because we have each other and we have this community, which I don't know what I do without. So. Oh, I hear you. I'm so grateful that we have one another. I think we say that all the time. And, mm -hmm. um, and I think it's because we are sort of seasoned veterans on this journey because we're all parenting young adult kiddos that we've adopted that have um, neurodiversity. We have kids with FASD. Um, and that's, you know, the season that I'm in is you guys were great to sum it up in one word. I hadn't thought about putting one word into it, but um, I guess it is a, it is a transition um, because our, our, our one, our youngest is going to be 18 next month. And we're in that process of applying for um, in New York state, it's called, we were applying for services through the office of persons with developmental disabilities, which he got approved for which is not because of his FASD diagnoses, he has fetal alcohol syndrome, because that's not even recognized as a developmental disability, but um, because of his IQ and his other, um, his other challenges, he qualifies as a person with a developmental disability, with an intellectual disability. So when you start receiving that and knowing he's, you know, he's 18 and, um, what goes along with all of those things. So we just have started meeting with a lawyer because we're going to have to seek guardianship. And, you know, we need to say that FASD is a, is a spectrum of disorders. So not every individual who was prenatally exposed needs those levels of supports lifelong, but some of our kids will and do. Um, and then there's others that are, you know, have 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 an FASD and in our, our our my guest last week on the on the podcast it was um Emily Hargrove and she has um you know she's getting her doctorate and she's passionate about training and 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 about advocating and doing research on FASD and you know it's amazing that she's she's been able to, it was in, inspirational and amazing to me that she's able to navigate college and learning all that she has and being so successful because my two boys won't go to college. That's just not going to be, you know, in, in, um, in their future, but there are so many things that they can do, but it's, I think it's that season of life for me is coming to terms with some grief and some loss and, and, you know, my heart for them as, you know, it's just going to be different for them, but yet wanting to support them and, and to help them and, and, uh, and navigate all that, you know, and, and then my other son is going to be 20. Uh, he will be 20 by the time we air this, which like, is like mind blowing to me. And, um, you know, he does a lot of amazing things, but his FAS will, will play into 
he works within our family business. So there's accommodations, but he's been going through some things with allergies. Um, you know, so he'll wake up in the morning and just not feel good and feel like he just needs to stay in bed. So, um, you know, he missed almost a whole week of work recently because of the allergy thing. And, you know, sometimes my husband is tempted to be like, you know, suck it up, you know, bring some tissues, take a Claritin or whatever, but yet to be, we need to be cognizant of he's got a brain-based condition that's exhausting on a good day. And now you're going to factor in allergies, which, you know, I've had allergies. You just, you really can't think straight and you don't feel good. And then if you take the medicine you just want to sleep. So, you know, navigating, being able to advocate for him and teaching him how to advocate for himself and just how that whole thing affects a job. If he didn't have a job in a family business, would he be able to maintain employment because of the average employer is not going to probably be so flexible with his time like that. So it's, it's, um, you know, it's new territory and things that I, I know I didn't think of, maybe, maybe you guys did, but I know when, you know, when they were little and it was hard and we were just trying to keep them from getting hurt or breaking anything, because <laughs> a couple of mine were like that. Um, I wasn't thinking so far ahead to, oh, they're going to need all of these services and they're going to need lifelong supports and they're going to need all these accommodations. You sort of learn it as you live it. And now it's, you know, really real um, at this season of the game. So maybe that's a question. Did either of you realize when your kiddos were little that as young adults, they were going to need all of these supports moving forward? Um, I did not. I suspected he would. But, you know, I had to really change the lens and way I look at this dis disability and life in general and our expectations mm -hmm. of human beings in general. We none of us live really independently. We all have supports and, and accommodations, whatever, however our brains work, um, whether they're neurodiverse or not. So, you know, I really try to change my lens and how I look at it and, and you know, focus on the good things and just that their life trajectory is going to be a little bit different. And God does have a path for my son, um, but it's just going to be different than mine and different than his sisters. And, and, you know, um, I, I knew like, you know, your question to an extent, but I didn't know what those would be, but, you know, it's given me the opportunity to do all these things, to be a job coach, to find, help him find an employer, to help teach him to advocate. You know, we write things on index cards for him to talk to his boss about, and, you know, they allow me to come in with him if he needs that. Um, um, you know, if he needs to talk to his boss, we had a situation where he, um, his back was hurting and he was like putting himself in a competition mode, bringing in carts. He's a courtesy clerk at a grocery store and, you know, and he's, you know, 110 pounds and a fairly small in size. So of course that's going to cause some discomfort to his back. So his, and his employer's great with them. He's like, dude, you know, just, you know, only take five or, you know, tell the head cashier you need a break that day or whatever. So, um, it's just been fun, you know, to see exactly what we need to do with that, even though, you know, like I said, it's different than we planned on, but it's a good different, you know, um, and, and I'm not going to lie and say, you know, it's easy or anything. It's, it's definitely really hard. Um, but that's why we have this group and these lovely ladies are my soul sisters and friends and, you know, in our hope community in general, um, I wouldn't have a smile on my face now and be doing this so easily some days if I didn't have this. So mm -hmm. what about you, Nat? 
Yeah, I think for me, we just were trying to survive the little years, honestly. Yeah. And we have a lot of group members in our group who are doing exactly the same thing. Our, our son had so many medical diagnoses by the time he was three, you know, and then even more so by the time he was five and like hearing about, you know, your one son, Sandra, who has allergies you know, our son had allergy shots for five years, starting at the age of five. And they usually don't start them that early, but because he had such so many pronounced, which again, we know FASD over 428 comorbid medical conditions. Gosh, you know, I sometimes I wonder if he had triple digits in, in medical conditions. Um, so I think for me, honestly, we were just trying to, to survive those years. I wasn't even thinking about the future, to be honest with you. Um, I was just thinking about, okay, does he need to go to, you know, the hospital for this or the specialist for this or that? And, and I think, again, if we could go back and tell, um, listeners and tell parents and caregivers of littles that, that felt the same way, you know, that we did that, oh my gosh, how am I going to survive this? I think it's good to, to, definitely put your energy into that, but then also think about what's coming ahead. So like if you have a child who's in preschool, start thinking about the the elementary years, you know, um, mm -hmm. for me, I, I didn't want to plan the future so far away because I knew it would change. And it still is. Honestly, I, I have no idea as I try to get the cat off of my desk, I have no idea what's in store for our, our son's future. I pray about it. I pray. And I just, but I've come to this point now that I've just let it go um, because I know it could be anything. And, and that is really, when we talk about our faith, um, that is really something that has brought me closer to the Lord is, is, when I get scared and I think about the future, I, I can't, I just have to give it to him and say, um, I'm not going to get scared. And same thing, you know, if, if something else medical pops up, which always happens, especially, you know, during puberty and, and, and onward, um, think, oh my goodness, is this just going to be something they have to live with, you know, and in pain for so long, you know, allergies or GI issues or heart issues or anything. And it just brings me back to God. It just brings me back and saying, okay, Lord, please take this. I, I can't, I just can't do this right now. Um, and I think our group is great in reminding each other that, that not only is the Lord taking, taking our burden, but we're also there to share each other's burden. Yeah. So good. Um, so how, old, I think we can each answer this question. How old was your kiddo when you found out they had an FASD and how old are they now? Deb? Well, my son wasn't diagnosed till he was 19 and he's 22 now, but wow. I knew, um, you know, probably a dozen years before that, that he probably did. Um, and it, and I live in the state of Washington where, you know, the UW FAS clinic is and all of that. So it's really not great that, you know, we don't have better diagnostic capability um, because he has facial features and everything and he still wasn't diagnosed. And I took him to Children's Hospital when he was very young um, and they just kept telling me all this other nonsense. So um, 
but I, you know, educated myself first and, and, and then when we was finally diagnosed, it was, you know, then again, we were, you know, in that, um, grief and loss and, um, just all of those feelings and, you know, it comes in waves and there's so many layers of it. Um, but, um, a diagnosis is a relief. It's, you know, it's not a, um, label for them. It just, um, you know, it helps that you'll have an answer finally, and you're not crazy. And, you know, that you're finally validated, I guess, at some level, um, with the people who, you know, told you you were a bad parent or they're a bad kid or so many different things, you know, there's so much judgment in our community, mm. um, which is another reason, you know, we all need to lean into the Lord and, and have this group and, and just, um, it's hard, you know, if yeah. we have that. And like Natalie said, you know, I, um, you know, I think she and I both have catastrophized things and, um, I have to stop myself sometimes and just say, you know, you know, God, you, you've just got to take this from me because otherwise I'm going to sit here and be a nervous wreck and my anxiety and everything else is going to be, you know, over the top and I'm not going to be able to, you know, continue to do this single parent journey. Um, but he does and he takes it and, you know, and we're here to talk about it. And so, to encourage one another. Yeah. Natalie, you, your son also got a diagnosis later, right? Yes. However, I, I share the story all the time of the neurologist and his, his group of medical students when, when our son was two and was having a, a sleep study review. Um, I share this in our book that I, I co-wrote with Cindy LaJoy. Um, we had this this renowned child neurologist and his his team of uh, medical students come in for the the post uh, the post sleep study evaluation and our son was on my lap and uh, he was facing kind of out towards them and he walked in the room the neurologist walked in the room and took one look at our son and said that child has fetal alcohol effects and let me tell you why and he went down a list of like probably ten to fifteen items. And that was the first time my husband and I had ever heard of FASD, you know, and he, he hears, he said, mild fetal alcohol effects. That's what he said. Those were his words. And I'm thinking when he finally got his diagnosis when he was 15, so that's two to 15, that's 13 years. He, he received the full FAS diagnosis because he met all of the criteria into including the facial features, including the stature, everything. So mm -hmm. it it was it was really just amazing. Like Deb says, how often we're dismissed, you know, and anytime mm -hmm. a new medical, educational, psychological, anything, anytime anything would come up, we would always bring up what that doctor said. We were told when he was two that he has fetal alcohol effects, you know, and then um, it, it wasn't until he was 13 that we read, we, we call it the purple book, the trying differently rather than harder by Diane Malvin. And that's what started us being more aggressive and trying to get a diagnosis because you just, when you read that book and if you're listening and if you haven't read it and you suspect, mm -hmm. I highly encourage, you know, buy extra copies, <laughs> you know, um, when you read it and it's validating, it's, it's, it's like Deb said, you, you, you finally feel like 
thank you, Lord. Somebody understands our journey, you know? So yeah, when he was hospitalized um, and one of the diagnoses on the discharge, they did evaluate him and sure enough, he met the full FAS diagnosis. So 13 years. Um, yeah until we received the official diagnosis. And wow. it's, it's, it's funny too. We, we talk about this all the time in group, you get the diagnosis and now what, mm-hmm. you know, so many people, you know, in Deb, I mean, you're in the heart of FASD, you know, um, diagnosis land and, and the West coast we say is, you know, so much more ahead of the East coast when it comes to FASD and diagnoses, but you know, gosh, you get the diagnosis and then what? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And how, how old is, is your son now? He's 21. He's 21. So, yeah. you know, you guys had older teens when your kiddos got diagnosed. My boys got diagnosed at six and eight and full on FAS with the facial features, but it was exactly that Natalie. We got the, we got the developmental pediatrician gave us the diagnosis and then said, well, you might want to focus on life skills, have a nice day. So even if you get the diagnosis or whether they're younger or older, I know I, I spoke with um, Michelle Catania, who we was just a previous guest and she's going to be um, a VIP guest in our support group. Um, and she's based in Connecticut. She knew when, when they adopted their one year, a child, a baby at one, he came with a diagnosis. They knew he had this, but still there was a lack in resources and supports and training and education. So we're trying to make a difference in that area, but um, yeah, so we've, we've all been kind of on this journey. Um, You know, we had to educate ourselves and then turn around and educate everybody else in our kids' lives. Right. So let's talk about that. At what point, um, Deb, did you begin to get FASD informed and equipped? How did you do that? I read Diane Melbourne's book first. Um, it, it, mine kind of came all to all at once. I mean, it was kind of like this, you know, just roll along like a locomotive. Um, I read Diane's book. I found Jeff Noble's group. Um, I did his CKS caregiver kickstart program. And I've done that several times because I'm a moderator in his group um, now too, and have been for what, however long, five, six years when he started the group. Um, I have continued to do education. I've done proof alliances, proof con. Um, Sandra and I were in the same um, facets, neurobehavioral model facilitator training. Um, and so I'm a, a facilitator of that neurobehavioral model, if I could speak today, uh, of facets. Um, you know, I'm constantly reading, you know, we're reading um, Nate Cheats' Essential FASD Supports book now. Um, I've read um, Natalie Brassard, uh, no, 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 different. Uh, Vanessa Spiller um, in Australia has a really good book out. Um, Kenny LaJoy's book, um, Natalie's book. I mean, I'm always reading something that mm-hmm. has to do with, you know, being more informed um, because even, you know, if you think you know it all, it's just, there's so much more out there and, um, you know, it, it, we don't stop learning about it because as we've talked, there's 428 comorbid conditions and, um, you know, we see all the layers of that as well. So yeah. And Natalie, you mentioned the, the Diane Melvin book. It's uh, we call it the little purple book, trying differently rather than harder. I had never heard of that book until you told me I needed to read yeah. it. 
So was that your first introduction into learning about FASD? Um, actually, no. So there was a book that I read before her book. Um, it's called Not Exactly as Planned, and it's a memoir by Linda Rosenbaum. And I saw it and it, it said fetal alcohol. Her son has fetal alcohol syndrome. And it was just advertised like in a mainstream thing. And I was like, oh, my goodness, somebody somebody is in this. Nick was about 13 or 14 at the time. Oh, my goodness, somebody's talking about fetal alcohol. I better buy the book. So I bought the book and it was wonderful. I, I actually really recommend that book, too. And I was so blessed to have her on FASD Hope as a guest. It was so fantastic. And she in that book, she recommended the trying differently rather than harder. So of course the next book I bought was Dying Malvins. And then I bought an extra copy for John. And, um, you know, I, I joke that if I really like a book, I, I put a lot of post-it tabs in it. And of course there were probably 50 and John's was highlighted and yeah. So, um, and I read it just before you and I met Sandra. So gosh, that was when Gigi was born. So that was nine, 10 years ago. Um, yeah just before, you know, Gigi was born. So, and then, um, yeah. And, and for me, um, just sharing with anybody sharing for, I think for me, the the three books that I share the most are, um, of course, trying differently rather than harder is number one. Number two is Kenny's book. It's Mm -hmm. okay to be you living well with FASD and other disabilities. Mm -hmm. Um, and then Sandra's book, um, you know, Journey to the mm-hmm. Father, because there are three very different ways of learning about FASD. Mm-hmm. Um, another book I, I also recommend to people, especially like for parents, is Guided Growth by Dr. Ira Chasnoff. Yeah. That yes. book really, really hits home how the trauma of prenatal trauma and lived tra- trauma change how the brain learns. So, yeah, I, I'm just like, like Deb and like you, I'm always learning. Sandra and I just, I know we're, um, we just finished Lynn Alsop's book, Tinderbox, which yes. is, is, is if, if the purple book, if trying differently rather than harder could come to life, it would be mm-hmm. Lynn's book, yeah. you know? And uh, yeah. there's another book coming out this month too, um, by Patty Casper, Sip by Sip, mm-hmm. Conversations about FASD. So I love hearing, you know, I, I haven't been in the FASD space long, um, but I love hearing all of these new books, all of these new studies, new apps, new things like that. I, I mean, would you both agree that in the past few years, the FASD community has just boomed when it comes to yes. information, learning, that kind of thing? Yes, because yeah. I, I know when I, you know, back when my boys did get the diagnosis 12 years ago, I, you know, I did what we all do. I came home and I Googled it, right? And then it was scary. 12 years ago, there really wasn't, you know, what was out there was scary. Um, there wasn't a whole lot. And I just remember, you know, closing my computer and thinking that's never going to happen to us. Like, that's really scary. And we skirted along pretty well by applying the TBRI, the connected parenting principles, which do work and I highly recommend. But then there comes a time where that's, if, if, if prenatal exposure to alcohol occurred, there comes a time when the trust-based relational intervention isn't enough. It's, it's essential, but you need next level skills. And Diane Melvin's book, Trying Differently Rather Than Harder, and all, all of the books that you, that you mentioned, Natalie, are, are invaluable resources because 
we all have to be learning. And, and as parents, we're having to educate ourselves and then turn around and educate the educators and the the, the medical people in our kids' lives. Because, you know, as, as and I know I'm sort of preaching to the choir here because you both know this, but, you know, we've both, I think, Natalie interviewed Dr. Douglas Wade and Dr. Christy Petrenko here in New York, two specialists, two doctors who who specialize in FASD. And they've both said the same thing. It's barely taught in medical school, maybe a paragraph or maybe 10 minutes in a lecture, and that's it. So doctors aren't comfortable diagnosing. They don't want to stigmatize. They're relying on archaic diagnostics, which is facial features and maternal admission and all of that. So we have to educate ourselves. So I'm so grateful that now there's so many more resources out there. Deb and I did the facets neurobehavioral model. We became facilitators of the facets neurobehavioral model, but I hadn't even heard about that until Natalie, you told me about facets. Um, so I know we're as parents, we're supporting each other and, and, and sharing the different books and the different resources. And I know on, on our website and as, as well as the um, FASD Hope website, we list all kinds of books and resources and podcasts. Like now there's podcasts devoted to FASD, like like Natalie's podcast, FASD Hope. We talk about it probably 90% of the time on this podcast, but um, your podcast is 100% FASD and learning about research and learning about what's going on all around the world. And and uh, it's we have to keep learning so um, and, and keep growing. So that that's a huge a huge part of it is is being curious and learning and and and, and um, for our own children for our own family, but also then we become advocates for others. Um, you know, so one of the things I know we learn, and I always like to at least touch on this because it's so important because parents struggle, we struggle with behaviors, we struggle with, you know, all of the hard, and we tend to forget that our kids were uniquely created, and they all have gifts. Um, and, and we're wired with gifts and, and strengths. And we, and we focus on, we like to talk about strengths when we talk about FASD, because our kids all have strengths. And like we mentioned at the beginning of the show, um, Natalie's daughter is very artistic. She doesn't have an FASD, but she's very artistic and creative and she just thrives. That's her passion. And she's so talented. Um, Deb, share with us this, the strengths of your kiddos. You're young adults because you, they're not really kiddos. <laughs> yeah, I know. I still call them kiddos and they still, yeah. I, I shouldn't admit this. They still climb in bed with me when Lydia's home too. Um, anyway, um, well, my neurotypical daughter is, um, she's kind. She's a justice seeker. She's very hardworking. Um, you know, she fights for the underdog kind of like her mother does. Um, I'm trying to think what all her strengths are. Uh, she's just, uh, she's a neat young woman that even if she wasn't my child, I'd want to spend time with her, you know, so I'm really mm -hmm. proud of the person she's becoming. Um, and there's more that I could say about her, but, um, my son, um, who has, you know, fetal alcohol and he has full-blown FAS when we were, you guys were talking about the diagnosis. That's what we got as, as well. Um, he has incredible gifts and, and fortunately the community we've been able to build around us has helped nurture those things. Um, he's a, an incredible with animals in general, but especially, mm -hmm. especially with dogs, he's been handling dogs for four or five years now and works, um, at a place as a volunteer, um, where she 
has facility dogs and service dogs and um, dogs for law enforcement. And um, they take therapy dogs to the library, um, different places, um, crisis things like if there's a shooting or or any kind of emergency like that, they're called to go out. And um, so that's one. He's very creative. Um, he's a hip hop dancer and and um, was like recording videos I didn't know about for years. And, you know, he, he, he sometimes can't come into a room and have a conversation, but he puts himself out there with this others, you know, with his videos and stuff. And um, so I'm really proud of him for that. Um, he's, he's just a really neat kid. He, um, he, you know, as I shared a little bit earlier in the podcast, he works at a grocery store. He's been there not quite a year now in September, it'll be a year. Um, he's a courtesy clerk, you know, he has an infectious smile. Um, he almost is always happy. He was when he was a kid too. Um, you know, he wants to always please and help somebody. Um, you know, I've, I've joked that he'll stand there for 10 minutes, opening the door for people while I'm, you know, like in the car ready to go (laughs) if we've gone to an appointment. Um, you know, there's so many things, um, about my son that I could share again as strengths, but He's just, he's just a neat kid. And, um, you know, and I love that we focus on strengths because as, as you said, Sandra, there's, there's just, you know, a lot of challenges that, that they face in the world that doesn't understand them. So, um, you know, we really want to celebrate and highlight their strengths, no matter how little they are, even if it's just getting out of bed in the morning and getting dressed, you know, for the day, you know, cause sometimes that's all they can do. Um, and I know it's someday, sometimes it's all I can do on a day if I'm tired. Yeah. Um, so thank you for that question. Yeah. I know, um, you know, my boy is one of them when he was, when he was little, cause we adopted him when he was three, all through his growing up years and he's now 20, but, and still lives at home has, has FAS, but he was always, he always gravitated towards police officers and firefighters and always wanted to be one. And he has in addition to the FAS, he has some physical conditions. He has had severe scoliosis. So he's had multiple surgeries on his back and growing rods and permanent rods and spinal fusion. And he's just, you know, he's 20 and weighs, you know, 88 pounds soaking wet, right? And he's five foot. So he's really not a candidate to be, you know, a full on firefighter or a police officer, but he joined our volunteer fire company and he can't go into um, burning buildings. He, he's not strong enough physically or big enough to carry the pack and the respirator and all those things. Um, but they've embraced him there because he goes to every call. He goes to every event, every parade, every, you know, chicken barbecue, anything, anything that the firehouse is doing. Um, and he did take firefighter, um, exterior firefighter training. He needed accommodations, everything that was on his IEP. He needed to, in order to take and pass that class. But he's, they love him and they actually, they actually, he got an award um, back in April for firefighter of the year, which was just, you know, it it was, he was thrilled and it really built him up, but it's his, his passion and wanting to be there for every call and everything that they're doing. Um, And so he's just, he's pursued that he's very um, personable and social and, and, and loves to talk and be out and about in the community. So if he can go to all these events, he's happy to do that. Whereas, you know, he doesn't have, he doesn't have friendships with peers um, because of the deficits that he does have socially, but he thrives 
you know, with these older individuals who are on the fire in the fire company and they've taken him in, you know, they've come to understand he has this disability. And um, so he just is able to thrive there. So there's every one of our kids has, has God given talents and skills and abilities, and we need to nurture those so that they can, you know, they can thrive there. Um, they, they, we, we want them to thrive, but we as caregivers, right, need to thrive. So that's going to transition us to our question to talk about um, the hope for the FASD journey support community, which just a year ago, Natalie and I launched, we had been just connecting by Zoom probably once or twice a month. And we recognized we need each other. We were praying for each other. We were sharing our trials and trying to encourage one another and sharing resources and and um, we thought, wait a minute, what if other parents and caregivers would want to be, you know, sitting around the table with us having coffee and 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 talking about these things? So just prayerfully, the Lord led us to start this, our support group, which is Hope for the FASD Journey. And um, we are so excited about, I know that we, we are all, we all get so much out of the group. So I thought maybe we could take a moment where, where, where we could each share how much our group means to us. Natalie, you want to start? Yeah. First of all, I can't believe it's been a year. Yeah. I, I, I am just so amazed and how our group has grown. You know, we mm-hmm. started with a handful of, uh, of parents and our group is, I think like tripled in size since we started it. Yeah. I think it's wonderful because what we do is I know Sandra has this motto of, I, is it educate, empower, and equip or something like mm-hmm. that? It's, yep. <laughs> so I think we do that in this group, but we also do it with faith too. And mm-hmm. and that's, I know we'll talk about that in a minute, but um, I'm just excited to see how this group has grown. And I love that you and I, with our backgrounds as moms, and then as podcasters, we, um, you know, I, I, sometimes I feel like I'm an information booth. I'm like the person who mans the information booth, you know, (laughs) and then Deb is our research. Deb is like the MacGyver of the group. It's so funny. We have, you know, Sandra's our fearless leader. She's the educator. She's, you know, and then I'm kind of like the, Oh, I'm the librarian. Would you like to go over here? Okay. This is where you, and then Deb is like the, I, you know, here's this resource. So here, I think we all have these distinct roles now. I love it. You, You know, um, and we joke that Deb is our research, our resource gal, you know, she, she will be like, Oh, you know, this or that. This is how you do it. She tells us exactly. this, this is how you apply that. She does. Resource. <laughs> she does. De- Deb is like, you know, here's the, here's the how to manual, you know? And um, so I'm just really excited. It's I, this group means so much to me, um, not only on an advocacy level and having it as a resource for anyone out there, um, we, we educate, we have two support group meetings a month on the first and the third Tuesdays, and those are support. But what we've been doing actually is during the educational component, we just started a book club with, um, Nate Sheets book, which we're so, so thrilled. We've been going through it chapter by chapter. And then we also have our support group component where we, you know, we listen, we pray, we, we share our concerns. We, we, sing praises, Mm -hmm. you know, and then the second Tuesday of the month, we have a VIP conversation, which is amazing. We bring in a guest, uh, every, a new guest every month 
And it's basically like a private podcast. Sandra and I are the hosts and, and um, we just open the, the room to ask questions, the Zoom room. And uh, gosh, we, we get a lot of attendance on those on those Tuesdays. We get a lot of attendance, period. Um, yeah, I, I'm I'm so happy. So for me personally, it's been a lifeline this has been yeah. a really hard year. You know, I, I joke around uh, about the sabbatical, the dramatic sabbatical. I call it the dramatical, you know, that I, I took when we just weren't sure where Nick was even going. And, um, you know, if, if, <laughs> if the past year had a mascot, I would, it would be a dumpster fire for me. So I jokingly <laughs> say that. And this group prays me through it. This group prays with me. We have, we just, you know, on our Facebook, um, group we have a private facebook group and just during those those support meetings this group is it's a support group but it's so much more we learn we give Mm -hmm. each other support and then um sandra i know you had recently rob moore of rural fasd Mm -hmm. and he talked about having fellowship in fasd and i Mm -hmm. think that's the one step further like you mentioned trying differently rather than harder was one step further than TBRI. I think having a faith-based fellowship group about FASD is one step beyond just the regular support group. Yeah. Yeah. And that VIP conversation, we have a special guest every month and, and uh, sometimes we don't ever let the guest leave because that's how (laughs) Deb became uh, a member of our group. That's right. She was a VIP guest and we just, we said, don't go. Yeah. We made her an honorary member and she comes every week. And not only I'm sure are you encouraged Deb by the group, but you are such an encourager and, and provide such insight and wisdom. So we always are gleaning from you. So what does the group mean to you? Oh gosh. Thank you. You guys are, you know, making me get a big head here. Um, I, I love this group. You know, you asked me to be a VIP guest and quite honestly, if you hadn't let me stay, I would have begged to stay because, um, I needed that connection. I really didn't realize until I stayed for the meetings, how much I needed that connection. I don't have any sisters and, you know, primarily we're a group of of moms and caregivers here. You guys are the sisters that I never had. Um, you know, I needed that lifeline. Um, and, you know, God knew I needed that lifeline, um, you know, because I turned 65 this year, there's just been a lot, um, in our lives. And, um, you know, I love being that resource, being that person. Um, you know, I think those are gifts that God gave me because I didn't have that when I was, you know, traveling up through my journey and in the different seasons with my son, with fetal alcohol and um, being a single parent, you can feel really alone and isolated. And I live in a fairly small community in Eastern Washington, um, you know, which doesn't help necessarily because everybody thinks they know everything, but you know, that village wasn't there to support us really. Um, They knew us, but they didn't really know what was going on behind the the four walls of home. So, me being able to share the things that I do helps me, you know, kind of heal that mom coming up through those seasons that didn't have any of those things, didn't have that person to share things for me. Um, you know, so, um, it's really soothing and, and I'm, I'm grappling for a proper word here, but, um, you know, it's kind of healed my, my mom heart in a lot of ways, Mm -hmm. because, you know, 
I felt kind of broken as a mom for a long time because I felt like I was doing everything wrong. And this just validates me, um, you know, and I think we all need that encouragement and validation. Um, and, and, I, and I love, you know, sharing and doing and, you know, because we're all here, you know, at, at, you know, since we're all people of faith. Um, to lift each other up, you know, our, our purpose is, is God given. And, um, you know, I, I can't imagine life without this group. So mm. same here. I, I feel like uh, same thing to just have our community of people, fellow parents, moms who get it, mm-hmm. who get the journey. And, and we've got some, some parents on who have younger kiddos, some older like ours, some are homeschooling, some are trying to navigate services and, and uh, we're all at different places, but yet we're all parenting children who are prenatally exposed. So we understand the unique challenges of that, that no other caregiver, nobody else really gets. Um, So I feel like coming to a place where we're understood and we're not judged and we can, you know, laugh, cry, share the challenges, ask for prayer. um, It's, it's, it's been life-giving for me also. Um, and, and it is, it is a faith-based group, which I feel like, gosh, I think it could be maybe the only faith-based FASD support group in the world. I don't know. I guess we could look into that to find out if there's another one, but, but, um, you know, that's one of the unique components because we do pray at the end of each support group. And if, if, you know, people can share their prayer requests and we pray with them. And then on our private Facebook group, um, every Saturday, Natalie and I take turns and we post a video devotional, um, a word of encouragement that's um, in, that shows up in, in there on a Saturday. We call it Soul Care Saturdays. And then we've got folks who are entering prayer requests throughout the week in that Facebook group so we can be praying for one another and encouraging one another. So, you know, that's that's been so life giving. I think that's that's where that comes from. What about you, ladies? How do you feel about the fact that, and you sort of already alluded to it, but if you want to share it a little bit more, the fact that it is faith-based, what does that mean to you? Well, you know, for me, the Lord is my anchor. My faith is my anchor, you know, um, and the foundation, you know, for my life. And if you don't have a solid foundation, you're, you're going to have a wobbly structure if you want to equate it to a building or something. So um, it's important to me. I'm in other groups as well, as I alluded to, you know, with Jeff Nobles and stuff, but, but this is where I come to feed my soul, to feel really heard, to feel, um, you know, that I can share anything with my sisters here. Mm-hmm. Um, and it, and it's actually been a good thing for my son too. You know, you talked about the soul, soul care Saturday thing, Wyatt and I very often, you know, in the morning, listen to, you know, either you or, or, or Natalie, Sandra, um, in the morning. And that's how we start our day on Saturday, you know, so it's oh. benefited him as well. And, um, you know, cause you know, my church, you know, as most churches in America don't, you know, really understand our journey and stuff. So, so this, you know, really feeds me, you know, because you guys get my journey, you know, and, um, and, and I know the Lord does too. So Thank you. I agree with Deb. I agree with Deb. This feeds my soul too. Yeah. Um, you know, and we often look to churches and our church community for that support. And you nailed it on the head, Deb. So many churches are just, they either don't understand or they're not equipped, or maybe they just don't, you know, they, for whatever reason, just are not able to 
make those accommodations, to make those um, opportunities for not only our kids, but our families too. You know, this is, this is a family journey. We, we talk about FASD. It's, it's not just our kid, it's our family, it's siblings, it's parents, grandparents. So knowing that this is, I consider our fellowship, I, I consider it a place you said it again, it just, you, you took the words out of my mouth that I consider it a place to feed my soul and to, mm. um, give me renewal. You know, you have a draining week, you go and you listen and Sandra, I don't know about you and, and Deb, I know you, you've answered some questions too, but when group members come to us with difficult questions and where they feel like they're not being judged I feel like that's, I feel like that's part of the calling we have on this journey because all three of us have gone through those situations where something has happened and it's the community doesn't understand it. The church doesn't understand it. Nobody understands it, but we get it because we understand right. our children's brains. We understand our children's um, bodies. We understand what's happening. So when we have members and we do. I mean, I, I probably would say at least once a week, maybe even more. I don't know about you both, but I, I have members reach out to me and say, Natalie, can you, can you answer a quick question for me? Or Natalie, yeah. this, you know, I have this situation or something. Um, and I feel like that's the Lord's way of saying, I know you're broken on this journey, but you have so much that you can give to these, these parents. Um, so that, 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 is validating for me, you know, as, as I walk on this and I think, Lord, I, I have imposter syndrome. Who am I? You know? And I love there's, again, there's another saying that says, um, and I think maybe you've even said this too, Sandra is it's not the Lord. The, the Lord does not call the equipped. He equips those who have been called. And I think yeah. the three of us probably would be <laughs> the, the, the living definition of that, you know, mm-hmm. He, he equipped yeah. us after we were called to walk on this walk. Yeah. And I think it's important to be faithful to, you know, he doesn't waste our trials, right? We, we're going through hard times. The Lord doesn't waste that. And he's able to take and use it if we're going to, you know, if we're willing to cooperate, right? We're all going through these struggles. This is hard parenting journey. But yet what we've learned along the way, not only was for us and for our family, but it's for the FASD community, right? We're, we're pouring back in because we were able to come alongside those who are on this journey, you know, maybe not as far along as we are. And um, we're able to, to be life giving to them because we know how hard it was. And I think we're trying to be, and maybe we weren't even, it wasn't like we got up one morning and said, let's be this. But I think we are the support that we, we wish we had what support we could have benefited from way back when we started our journey, but there wasn't anyone really there. I shouldn't say there wasn't anyone there because along the way, you know, like, like Deb, you, you alluded to, to Jeff Noble's group and his, you know, his podcast um, as well as so, so there, there now are voices and supports along the way that weren't there in our, the early days of our journey. And we want to be that for the community, the adoption and foster care community, the FASD community. It's so, so important. Um, well, I can share something that, that I, I shared on my podcast with Lindsay Munn with, that we did with Natalie. I think it's episode 19 on FSD Hope 
um, advocating across the country. I think at the end of that, I said, you asked me something, Natalie, and, and I said, um, and this is what this group does to, for me, it fills my cup with hope. So, yeah. Yeah, that's what we need. And um, so as we've done this group, like we mentioned, Natalie explained that it's it's three meetings a month online. We do it through Zoom. The first and the third Tuesday are the support group. Um, and the second Tuesday is the um, VIP conversation. Now we're going to add another feature to our group. Um, and that is a support group for older teens and young adults with FASD who want to connect with others who are also on the on the spectrum who who are neurodivergent and just want to know i think i think a lot of times our kids feel alone and that nobody gets them um so when we can connect them with other individuals who have an FASD that can be so beneficial and deb is going to be moderating that group for us so you want to share a little bit about that deb yeah definitely um our first session is tentatively planned for October 4th, 14th, 14th, which will be on a Saturday. Um, and I think that was the second, is that the second Saturday of the month was what we picked. Um, it'll be at 11 a.m. my time, which is Pacific time. So it'll be 2 p.m. Eastern time and, you know, various times in between the country. I think that'd make it um, what, one o'clock in Minnesota. I don't know we have some members in Minnesota. Um, but I, I, if I can share this as well, I facilitate an adult um, support group for Proof Alliance um, and I'm contracted with them and I've been doing that for a little over a year now. And, and, and I love it. You know, again, I think it was something that the Lord equipped me to do and they asked me to do it. Um, and so from there, you know, we thought we talked about doing a youth one. Um, it's, you know, like the first meeting, I'm going to do something, you know, fun, like Natalie did with our icebreaker about the seasons. Um, the big thing with a group like this is you want people to feel connected. You know, our kids don't have those social skills most of the time, and especially, you know, teens that were, you know, they're lagging so much behind their peers and other people. Um, it'll be for, for a, the group from like 16 to 23 um, a scavenger hunt is a really good thing to do. And I, that, that's what we proposed for our first meeting, um, you know, because it kind of gets that memory going too, but it's a fun thing, you know, to see where they are with, with memory. Um, and if they can remember things, you know, like in a five minute period of, you know, finding a couple things in a room. Um, we're going to talk about topics, you know, that, that might be relevant, you know, for their age group. Um, um, and that I, and It'll be a safe space for them, just like our group is as well. Um, I will pray for for them at, um, at the end of the the meeting, just like we do in our group. Um, it's a you know again, it's about community for for our for our kids on the spectrum. Um, you know, and and with this too, we we hope to grow it. You know, I think there's only a few of us uh, right now that that have kids that are interested in doing it, but, but you know, we haven't announced it yet, so that's why we're talking about it here. But um, I'm really excited about where this can go because, again, there's not a lot of things for our kids in that age group. Um, I, I do know, again, as I said, Proof Alliance has one, but some of those are in person and, you know, they're secular. They're not faith based. Um, and um, I know for, you know, a lot of us, it's important that they have a faith based connection, you know, to other kids that have, you know, the same disability they do. Um, 
you know, it, it, it's just really important for them to, to be with a group of people that, you know, have the same challenges they do, where they can talk freely, you know, where they can be themselves, where they don't feel like they're judged or, or, you know, um, they know they're different already. You know, we, we know that. Um, but um, again, I feel so honored to be able to be doing this because, you know, my son is in that age group and, um, you know, feeling connected is so important for our kids. Mm-hmm. And we talk about it a lot. He and I do. So um, anyway, you two have any questions about what I've shared or anything else I should touch on with that center now? <laughs> I think it's just so needed. I, you know, in this group, actually, I asked for it because we know on this journey as our young adults, teens and young adults, as their friends and peers start going off to the military or start going off to vocational school or going off to college, mm-hmm. our our young adults, our older teens and young adults, it it is a much uh, slower, I want to say, interdependent launch. You know, Mm -hmm. our our son doesn't live at home, but we're still we still see him almost on a daily basis. And we're still that that safety net for him, you know, that we need. So having, you know, I I I did. I was one of the people who asked for it. And I'm so thankful that Deb can facilitate it because she brings so much. She brings that living experience, not lived experience, but living experience. She's living this journey and. Um, it's something we can offer to our members, which yeah. is is so wonderful, you know, and, and just like Deb said, we know that there, there are other young adult support groups out there, but you know, they're not, um, I don't think they meet regularly online. Maybe they do occasionally, but, um, kind of like this group again, we wanted, we knew what we needed. We knew what the Lord was putting in our heart. We just had to say, okay, we need to step out in faith and, and create it. So um, yeah. I, I'm just so thankful. Again, I, I see Deb as the resource gal, you know, <laughs> she's, she's just like, I joke, she's like our MacGyver. It's like, Deb, what do you do? <laughs> you know? Well, I think it's important for our kids too, Nelly, you're touching on that, that, yeah. that we normalize who they are, you know, yeah. that we yeah. build them up, that they have a place where they're safe and we can talk about those things but not in a way where it tears them down, you know, because like you said, where their friends are, you know, like Wyatt's have gone on to college, getting married, doing this, doing that, you know, we're going to make them feel good about, you know, that they were able to make dinner that week or that they were able to, you know, go to their job, you know, four hours during a week, you know, where some kids do 40 hours a week, whatever it is, we're going to celebrate that in them because they need that and they deserve that. And the Lord, you know, has, has given them a purpose and, and we want to honor that and, and make them feel good about themselves and help them to get there. And like you said, I'm living that with my child. So I know these things. And so, uh, you know, I'm honored that I was asked to do this as well. So, well, we're thrilled that you're, that you're going to do it. And, and just like we feel sometimes we can feel alone. It can be an isolating parenting journey, but now we have each other to connect with. Um, Same thing with our kids. It can be a very isolating life. Um, because their their neurotypical peers are, you know, leaps and bounds ahead of them, especially when it's that that young adult age, right? They're off to college, they're off to careers or whatever they're going to do, and our kids are still probably living home and and um, you know interdependent at, at at best. So 
um, to be able to allow them the opportunity to connect with each other and know that they're not, um, they're not alone. They're not different. They're not less than that. They are really part of a community as well. And, and that they were created in God's image and they're they're valuable and important. And uh, we want to feed that. We want to feed their souls, right? Like we're getting our souls fed. We want to feed their souls. It goes, it goes a long way. I remember when my son was, um, it was prior to COVID. So how old he was back then, 15, um, he, 15, 14, um, he got to, to go for one week to a, a, a day camp for, um, it was through Easter seal. So it was for, for individuals with, um, developmental disabilities. And he went, we knew there were a couple of kids from his special ed class at school who also went, but he went and like the second or third day that I brought him that morning on the way there, he said, mom, I made my first friend. I made a friend. And I was like, you know, just like this feeling, you know, came over me because he'd never actually had a real friend before, but there was another, another boy with a disability, not with an FASD, but with a disability who they just connected and they, you know, my son was ended up staying at that camp. He went for a second week because the staff that loved him so much. It's a, can he come back a second week? Yes. Some of the kids were there like for like the whole six week program, but, um, and I just got to see these two boys really connect. And on the last day that my son was there, they invited, they actually invited all him to come back for the, like the last day program because they did a big picnic. And when I brought him for that, um, him and this other boy were palling around and I, as we were getting ready to leave, I heard the other boy who was same age, teenager, 15 at the time said to my son, Slava, you're the best thing that happened to me this summer. And I was just like in tears because my son never had that connection. No, they live in a different community. So the boys do tend to text or FaceTime on occasion. And it's kind of funny when they FaceTime because I can hear their conversation because they, my son does it in the kitchen. And it's like, you know, they're like two peas in a pod. They have very similar, um, you know, disabilities, but um, their brain works very similarly. So it's kind of entertaining, but um, you know, I'm hoping that that is what this community, this, this support group will be for our young adults, that they will find, you know, friends, even, even virtually that will be the best thing, you know, that's happened to them because we, we, they, they need that soul giving mm-hmm. friendship and community as well. So, so important. Definitely. Yeah. So I know we all do quite a bit of advocacy and training and, and um, speaking on uh, when it comes to FASD. So I thought let's take an opportunity and you both can share what you're up to um, on, on being a voice for the voiceless um, and making this invisible disability visible. What's your, what's your advocacy work? What's going on? You want me to go first or Natalie? Um, Oh, what am I doing? Well, I have um, a page on Instagram, FASD underscore strong, and I share our journey, some information about fetal alcohol, self-care, just whatever's relevant in our lives. Um, And, um, you know, so I I do that and I, I I feel like that's, you know, part of my advocacy. Um, as I shared, I'm a moderator in Jeff Noble's group. I do a lot of things in that. Um, I'm involved in the THO under Dr. Jackie Pye's study, what my son, why it is, um, involved in that and, um, just did, um, 
the mental health app for Dr. Christy Petrinko's study um, out of the University of Rochester. Um, my son and I every year um, speak at his old high school in September on Philoc Hall um, in his leadership class, and we have that coming up. Um, I have already spoken to um, the city clerk in the city of Prosser, um, and the mayor will, I think it's the fifth or sixth year in a row, will sign a FASD um, proclamation for the month of September and September 9th, which is actual FASD day. Um, I need to, and that's my goal for next year, to get the city of Kennewick on board. Um, hopefully I will figure out the time and get be able to accomplish that. Um, I am writing um, kind of a travel transitions uh, resource that I'm hoping Natalie and Sandra will help me finish uh, writing, um, you know, to help families like ours, you know, with those things since, you know, I've been doing it for a long time, even before I knew, you know, the accommodations my son needed, I, I guess God just equipped me <laughs> beforehand with the things he needed for traveling and all that, because we've had to go, you know, appointments for him in Seattle and um, just a lot of things. And, and, and we've gone a lot of, a lot of places. So um, again, I've kind of become the expert in some of those areas. So I want to share that. So other families, you know, have the benefit of that knowledge as well. Um, I'm probably forgetting some things, but those are on the top of my list. <laughs> yeah. Those are all great things. What about you, Natalie? Oh man. If I can just make it through the year without like another dumpster fire, like, like last year, I'll be so thankful. Um, I'm, I'm again with FASD hope, uh, we'll be celebrating three years on October 1st. I'm, I'm just still blown away by that. And, uh, I, I really, this group, our group is really kind of forefront in my advocacy efforts, you know, helping to grow this group, helping our group to stay connected. Um, I am so thankful for every guest that's ever been on FASD Hope. Um, as we air this, we'll be somewhere in the late 170, probably six or 177th episode. If I can make it to 200 without my life imploding, I'll be happy. <laughs> if I can make it to 200 episodes without my life imploding, that'll be great. Um, you know, I, having to step back and take that time off last year just made me think. I didn't realize how fast paced I was. And I think that's something that maybe I'd like to share anyone who wants to advocate, don't burn yourself out. Mm -hmm. It's very easy, especially since there's so few resources in our community. It's so easy to burn yourself out. And I think that's one of the many things that happened last year. It was not only did we have this situation happen with our son where we honestly just didn't know where he was going to be. Uh, but then I realized I was just going at this pace, like, oh my goodness, I was releasing so many episodes a month. So um, I I think, again, I'll just, I'll be happy if I can make it to 200 episodes. Um, and then just continue to be, for me, just to continue to be that um, Patty Casper jokes, and she calls me the FASD concierge, you know? <laughs> I'm I'm like that person. Welcome to the community. How can I connect you? Yeah, you know, good, that's perfect. 
Brilliant, Patty. So if I could just continue to help folks, because I do, even though we don't have our website active anymore, you can still reach me through social media. You can still reach me through email. Um, Some people even text me. I'm still honored to be that person that somebody says, help. I don't know what to do, you know, and I'm going to say, you know, where are you? Here you go. Um, Or the, the other thing, too, I want to highlight since this is FASD Awareness Month is the important work and the growth of FASD United. You know, mm-hmm. here in the United States, we're really gaining momentum and to help support the FASD Respect Act. That's yes. that's actually probably one of the biggest things I've been trying to focus on lately and probably will through through December is helping Jen Wisdall, helping Rebecca Tolu, helping FASD United, uh, not only with the Run Fast virtual 5k, which is happening this month, but also with the FASD Respect Act. It's on the legislative floor in both houses. We need to get that act passed. Yes. So that that's something that I, I really, if you're listening and if you want to help, yeah, you know, you can reach out to, F- to FASD United and, and help us get this passed because, it, you know, it's a step in the right direction. I, I believe FASD United has been trying to get this bill passed for so many years. And each year we get closer and closer. You yeah. know, I, I say we, but I mean, you know, FASD United. So, um, yeah. 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 So those, those are my goals. Yeah. I love that. And, and, um, you know, I think that with FASD United, because our organization is a, is an affiliate here in New York, JFO is an affiliate of FASD United. And, um, you know, I didn't know all of those things about FASD and about FASD United and the Respect Act until I had started listening to your podcast, Natalie, FASD Hope. So, um, you know, you said 177 episodes. I've listened to all of them. I didn't realize oh I put in that much time. But um, your podcast is FASD 100% specific. And you're educating, you're equipping, you're, you, you know, your, your most recent episode that, cause we're recording this at the end of August, but you just were recording, you just did an episode with two, of course, I'm not going to remember their names, but I was like, just listening and taking great comfort in their beautiful accents because they were from, I believe, is it Scotland? Doctor, yeah. So Dr. Jessica Rutherford, she just got her doctorate. She does spotlight on FASD in the UK, but she also uh, now is a researcher for no FASD UK and then Elsa Clark who runs Valiant Minds in Scotland. So the UK and Scotland. Yes. Yeah. So your, your podcast and, you know, and I know there's a there, there's Rob B. Seals podcast and Jeff Noble's podcast, but those FASD specific podcasts are, they just make, that's where I get the, the education, right? That's where we get so much of our education and knowing not only about FASD and hearing other people's stories, but knowing what's going on all around the world. And, you know, with the with the Respect Act, like I think everybody could say, oh yeah, I know somebody with autism or at the very least I've heard of autism, right? But autism affects, I think the last time I looked at the data, one in 35 children in the United States, whereas FASD affects one in 20. And the only reason why most people wouldn't raise their hand and say, oh yeah, I know about that or I know somebody with an FASD. The difference here is because of amazing parent advocates in the in the autism community 
advancing that cause. And we are those advocates in the FASD community advancing that cause. And you're talking to so many people, Natalie, around the world um, and across the country to, to bring that awareness. And I know I've learned so much. And I remember, I remember a few years ago, somebody said to me, oh, well, FASD, like people in Germany let their kids drink beer when they're little. And women in Germany drink beer and there's no FASD there. And at the time I was like, kind of FASD illiterate and was like, oh, that's probably true. But now we've got FASD in the UK, right? FASD Australia, FASD New Scotland, FASD Ireland, FASD United, which is 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 in the UK, right? There is FASD Germany, there, the FASD Canada, like this is all around the world and all across our country. And when we listen to your podcast, we're connected with all of those voices and amazing advocacy is going on through your voice and through your podcast too, Natalie. So don't sell yourself short that you're not doing anything. Thank you. Thank you, my soul <laughs> sister. I'm just, like I said, I'm just the information lady. I, I'm blessed to be able to have these wonderful conversations. And we need that. And we need that. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. We need it. Cause I'll be like, I need to know this resource for homeschooling my kid with FASD. And Natalie's like, oh, and then she sends me all of a sudden to get a text with 25 resources for that. Do so you want to, you want to hear something funny? I was an early reader and I always wanted to be a librarian. That's like a fun fact. <laughs> Nobody knows that you except are. for, except for, and I feel like God, God was like, here you go. You're the library for the FASD community. And I'm That's like, right. okay, not, not expecting that, but all right, I'll take it. I and do. we need you. We need you because there's people like me who's like, I need that. And I don't have time to try to find it. So I'll just ask Natalie. And she provides. So it's an amazing, amazing thing. So I love you, ladies. As we wrap up, um, you know that our listeners are all adoptive, foster, kinship, caregivers. You know, many of them may not even know they're parenting a kiddo with an FASD. Many of us do know. Um, so just if you each would take a moment to offer a word of encouragement to our listeners. If you want, Deb, I'll go. Do you want me to go first, Deb? Yeah. Because Deb, you, you, um, I think we should end on what you say because I just I love hearing you speak, Deb. Um, I'm going to end with scripture because I think that this is so important in our journey to remember this. So, um, and I'm sure you all have read the scripture before, but I think it, in context with our conversation today, I think this this applies. Romans five three five. Not only that, but we rejoice in our sufferings, knowing that suffering produces endurance and endurance produces character and character produces hope and hope does not put us to shame because God's love has been poured in our hearts through the Holy Spirit who has been given to us. I think that I get, I just, oh. I, I get the shivers when I read that. And I think about mm -hmm. our journeys because our community is called hope for the FASD journey. And I think about that, those very words, hope does not put us to shame mm -hmm. and our space, our safe space, like you both said, is a place where you can go, you can have fellowship, you can learn, you can connect and you can have hope. And I think I mean, that's 
one of the reasons why we named our podcast the way we did is because so often, like Sandra says, when you first learned about FASD and way back when you Google it and you, you hear all of those horrible statistics and everything. And we, we want to be that hope. We want to be those, those rule breakers to say, no, you know what? Here's the hope flag. We are waving our hope flag in faith. You know, and if you're out there and if you're listening and if you, um, you know, you're an adoptive or a foster parent and you suspect there might be an FASD or you are going through a really hard, hard time in your journey, know that we're here. Know that you can always have hope Mm -hmm. and know that not only does your hope come from our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, but our hope also comes from our divine orchestration of our community that we are gradually building. Hope for the FASD journey. I think it's one of the many examples of how God can orchestrate hope through the hard times. So well said. Thank you, Natalie. And I'm Dad. supposed to follow that now, Natalie. <laughs> <laughs> it's kind of funny because, wasn't it? Always top. You always like, again, you're like the resource gal, Deb. In our facilitator training center, you remember that? I can't remember who it was when we were in small groups. Sometimes somebody was like, um, I have to follow Debbie, you know? <laughs> <laughs> yes, I remember that. It was usually me and I didn't want to. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, I had that in class too when I went back to college. Um I I love this the scripture you quoted Natalie and it gives me the shivers too. But I I have another line that I pull from um, from the Shawshank Redemption and it's kind of a dark movie, but it is a movie of hope. And um, you know one of the lines was um, that Andy's character says is um, hope is a good thing, and a good thing never dies. Um, mm. And our community has that too. You know, if you're a parent out there listening to this, you know, adoptive foster kinship, wherever you are, you're not alone. We're here. You know, the Lord has put it on, you know, Natalie's and Sandra's hearts to create this ministry and this community. And I'm blessed to be here too. Um, I needed this community. I needed this connection, this relationship, um, you know, for my soul to be fed, you know, to be able to share what I can share, you know, to, to you know, that the Lord has equipped me to share. Um you know, we're here for you, Um, you know, take that step. Um, You know, it's hard. You know, there's so many layers of heart in this journey, in this journey, um, if I could speak today. Um, But there are many, many layers of hope and and, and joy. And, you know, and um, those are the things that sustain us in, in communities like this. So I encourage you, you know, to be a part of our, of our um, community. Um, you know, we'd love to have you be a part and, you know, would welcome you with open arms because, you know, together we're stronger, you know, um, and there's always going to be a place for you here. So, um, yeah. Yeah. Love that. Love that. And, um, so to, to, if you were interested in joining our community, um, you would go to our website, justicefororphansny.org and you can click on, I believe it's Hope Community. Like, look, I probably have the resource here somewhere typed up and I don't even know because I made I made notes. And when you're doing video, it's not good to not know. Oh, here it is. 
justicefororphansny.org backslash hope hyphen community, or just go to the website, poke around, you'll find it. Um, it's a membership community. It's it's only $15 a month, but we scholarship because we never, ever want anybody to not be able to have the support that they need if they don't, if they're not able to pay for it. So, um, you know, don't be afraid to to ask for that if that's something that you're interested in doing um, and being part of our group because we, we want to be able to support you. Whether your kiddos are diagnosed with an FASD or not, we have quite a few parents who highly suspect it, but they have not been able to get a diagnosis. Um, it, it doesn't matter. We're, we're, we, we want you to be part of the community. We want, we want to be able to support you. Um, and of course, even just listening to this podcast and Natalie's podcast, um, you know, another way to be able to access uh, community and, and support as well. Um, and you're both on social media, right? Our listeners can find you. Give us a shout out where we can find you at. Uh, Deb? I'm at, on Instagram at FASD underscore strong. Um, and I, it's kind of funny. I wanted to be FASD hope, but Natalie had started her podcast. So <laughs> our Prosser high school were, were the Prosser Mustangs. And when COVID started, we were Mustang strong. So that's where that came from. <laughs> there you go. Um, and, I'm, oh, FA- I, I'm sorry, Natalie. And then we have a page where we highlight my son's strengths in dog training and kind of his journey. And it's called possibilities with a P A W S S I abilities dot with FASD. Um, yeah. And we'll put, we'll put links that way, that way people will be able to find it. I'll, I'll make a note. And, um, and then Natalie. Yeah. I'm FASD hope on all, um, on the, the platform formerly known as Twitter. I'm on FASD yeah. hope there um, on Instagram, FASD hope. And then on Facebook as FASD Hope. So uh, you can reach me through any of those three socials or FASD Hope at gmail.com. Usually and social are, media is probably the best way to reach me though. Yeah. And we're and we're all here in the FASD world here to to offer you all hope and encouragement for your journey. So thank you, Natalie, Deb. I'm just so grateful to have you in my life um, as my soul sisters, my friends. Um, fellow sojourners on this journey with our kiddos with FASD. Thank you so much for sharing your stories and taking the time and being with us today. It's a pleasure to be here. And I hope, um, you know, to see more new people in our community soon. And thank you, Sandra, for everything you do too. You, you dove into this community and, and we are so blessed. Yes, we are grateful, grateful to be here with you all. Thanks so much. Well, I hope you were encouraged by our conversation today um, with Deb and with Natalie. I'm just so grateful for their friendship and for all that they are doing throughout the FASD community. And I wanted to share with you a little bit about what we at Justice for Orphans are doing. Um, In addition to providing this podcast and the workshops and training that we're offering and our support group community, um, we are an, an affiliate member of FASD United. Um, the National Organization for FASD. And we are here and based in upstate New York in the capital region area. And we're networking and, and trying to get legislation passed to have FASD recognized as a developmental disability in our state. Um, and I have one of those big, hairy, audacious goals of uh, opening a clinic 
an FASD clinic in Albany, New York, the capital of the state. Um, there are only two other places in the state that specialize with NFASD, and that is the out of the University of Rochester um, Medical Center. They have an FASD clinic out there under the direction of the amazing Christy, Dr. Christy Petranko. And down in New York City um, at the um, a medical clinic in the Bronx, um, Dr. Douglas Waite, um, who I heard may be retiring, and there's a waiting list um, for the University of Rochester clinic, and they're no longer taking new patients down in the city. So um, there, there is, it's sort of like a wasteland, a desolate wasteland of resources for FASD here in New York state. And we are working to change that. And we would really like to see um, an FASD clinic open in Albany, New York. And we're starting to do some work in networking and uh, forming a task force and connecting with folks that are going to be able to be part of seeing that happen and, and just trusting that in the next few years, that could be a possibility. So something that we're praying for. So we are here to not only encourage you for your parenting journey, but to equip you as well. Um, so if, again, you're interested in learning more about FASD, the neurobehavioral model, um, you would like some training, some online workshops or in person or some coaching, a one-on-one -on -one call, contact me on our website, justicefororphansny.org, where you'll be able to access that there. Um, make sure that you are also following our social media, again, on Facebook and Instagram, or at Justice for Orphans. And you can find me, Sandra Flack, on both of those platforms as well. And please, as always, leave a review if you're listening to this podcast um, on Apple or follow it, subscribe, leave a review, a comment down below on, on YouTube. And I'm um, just grateful if you've stayed here to the end with us. Um, thank you so much. And I'm just so grateful to have you along for the journey. Thank you for listening to this episode of the Adoption and Foster Care Journey podcast brought to you by Justice for Orphans. We hope you were encouraged today. Please be sure to subscribe to this podcast and leave a review and share it with your fellow foster and adoptive parent friends so they can be encouraged too. Be sure to find and follow us on Facebook and Instagram at Justice for Orphans. And check out our website for vital resources at justicefororphansny.org.